Welcome to Grit, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and your host of the show. And I'm excited for today's show. Today's show is with another founding entrepreneur that, you know, when we talk about The Grit Podcast, this is what it's about. There's a lot of grit required from everyone in real estate in today's market. We all know that. But Johnny Wolf is with us today. Um, He is the founder and CEO of Homeroom. And we're going to dive into what Homeroom is today. And But I want to give a little bit of Johnny's background. He started actually his career as a financial analyst in the Bay Area. So got to play around in Silicon Valley for a few years. You know, he was at ScanDisc and a couple other companies. He then moved over to Austin and became a real estate investor. And, you know, that's quite a change. And then he went from being a real estate investor to building a business that helps other people be real estate investors, which is Homeroom. So anyway, I'm excited to dive in today, Johnny. What else do you have that you'd like to share as far as an intro on your background? Thanks for the intro, Brian. Really nice to be here. Yeah. I mean, I really like the name of this podcast. When I saw it, I was like, I was excited that I was booked on it because Grit, I think is, I don't know, it's gotten a, it's gotten a little bit more press lately, but I think it's like the core to entrepreneurship, but real estate especially is is a gritty, gritty existence. So our company, we rent properties by the bedroom and we, we, made, we you know, we went through COVID. And so like took a lot of grit and determination, kind of like you could see like the, f- you know, the grim reaper of the company, like, like kind of over our shoulders, like the whole time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's um really cool kind of a uh, conceptual. So just a bit more about my background. Yeah. I, I started my career in the Silicon Valley and I was there for about 10 years and I was investing remotely in parts of Texas in oil oh. country there in Midland. Okay. And I actually went out there one time and, uh, saw, saw at my house, but mostly it was fully remote and just blind trust in the property management company. And that was a fairly good experience, although I wanted more from the property management company in terms of, you know, value add. And and so that was something I had in the back of my mind for a long time. In 2015, I had, was working at a bank, realizing that San Francisco real estate prices were always going to be out of or were going to be out of my reach for a long time. So I moved to Austin and to just really invest heavily in real estate. I quickly bought a number of properties and rented out each of those homes by the bedroom. And so it was my first taste of property management. And to make it you know, more exciting, I had like dozens of roommate tenants, which makes it a lot more fun than renting out to a single family who's just paying their rent on time. You know, it's, you've got like the roommate dynamics, you've got, you know, you've got the inner, you know, there's, it's a, it's a social environment, right? And so you, there's some management to that as well. But one thing that was really positive from that experience, other than learning real estate, like, you know, really cold is that I shared my returns with my friends back in the Bay area and they were really jealous, which is sort of the number one emotion you want from your, your friends. Yeah. When you share like your returns, you're like, you know, you want the jealousy and they wanted to invest how I was investing, but there was really no way to, to do that without moving to a town. There was just not a clear way to do it. So I moved to Kansas city in 2018 
started to buy other homes, rent them, buy the room, but I also wanted to offer it to other investors. And so that's when Homeroom was born. Was And so we've been going for four years now. Definitely had some ups, certainly had some downs, but it's been a fun journey that's gotten, as we've learned the business better, it's gotten more and more enjoyable each day. Yeah. Well, congratulations on getting to where you are today. I'm excited to learn more about the business. Before we dive in deeper to the business, I'd like to just dive a little bit deeper into some of the challenges. I mean, people in real estate, we all know, NAR has announced that by the end of this year, there will be 30% less realtors. So 30% of the business will be out. And I think that is possibly an understatement. So what does it take to stay in the game? I know personally, having started multiple companies, every time I start a company, you may have one or two people that believe in you, but usually have dozens who don't. You know, People are going to tell you you're going to fail left and right. You're going to go to investors, which by the way, have you guys raised investment money? Yeah, we have. Okay. So when you go to investors, you know, the number of no's you have to go through to get to a yes is a lot, at least for me. It's always been a lot for me. So I don't know if that's a lot, me. A lot, a lot. It was a lot for us too. Yeah. Same story for a lot of founders I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to talk about like, what are some of the challenges that you've faced in this journey of, you know, you're going out, you moved to Kansas City, you start investing, you're buying a bunch of properties in Austin your friends are like, Hey, I need these returns. I have a nephew. I told you about this, but I have a nephew who buys homes and rents by the room near college campuses. And he makes a lot of money. Like he makes way more than you would make by just renting your house to one person. So I think it's a great model, but what is it that as you've started this business and you said you made it through 2020, maybe let's go back to 2020 and talk about how did 2020 impact your business? I'm going to jump one challenge and then I'll earlier, which back, is 20 back earlier. Eight. Great. Let's do this one more. And then I'll do that. I'm going to jump into 2020, which I'd say is definitely like the second one we faced the first like near death blow that Hummer faced is, you know, I did the financial modeling in 2018 of what the company was going to be. You start like really excited about it. You're like, man, renting by the rooms. I just did it at a, you know, like in a few homes and this is going to go crazy. So we added 10 homes really fast when we launched the company I hired a bunch of like part-time people off Craigslist and we were running around leasing rooms, but we couldn't, we launched in winter. And so like, I didn't really understand leasing season. And I had come from Austin where the demand for roommates didn't really matter what season it was, but Kansas city, the demand is strong, but it, there's a bit more seasonality because it's colder. And so I ended up having to let go of my Craigslist team. You know, they're all making like $10 an hour. We all, and uh, it was hard because we had 10 people excited. It was like, it felt like we had some momentum but we, I was just burning through my, I had taken out money out of my retirement account to start the company. And I was burning like all of it to the ground. And so I ended up having to cut the whole team down from that team to like two people and one other guy. And we just worked on fine tuning the process for like a year. And it was like, we didn't grow very much. We'd added 20 homes in like five months. And then we, we just did nothing for like six months while we fixed the operations, how to add tenants, how to do it more efficiently. It was super painful though, because we had gotten, we had built a pretty close team. And it's always hard to fire people. Number one, it's always hard. That feeling of you don't have enough cash. That's a hard thing, right? You're taking from your personal, maybe, maybe you took it down to nothing. You know, that's a super hard thing to do. 
And the reality is, you know, I hear when I watch the news, I always hear of these overnight successes, right? But then you talk to the entrepreneurs and I just talked to Greer who just sold his Boomtown CRM in real estate. And he said, yeah, I was a 20 year overnight success. <laughs> and and I think that's, I, I think that's the common theme, you know, people are in the grind for years and people just don't see what you're going through as an entrepreneur. And then all of a sudden things just take off. So, so that was your first big stumble. And one of the things you probably realized then is as an entrepreneur, I need to be able to do whatever it takes, right? I need to work all aspects of the business. I think that's the difference I see with employees. I see employees that come in sometimes and I'm thinking of certain, thankfully my business, my employees are all super driven, but in some businesses I see employees that, that you know they come in and they're not willing to get their hands dirty. They're not willing to do whatever it takes, right? They're like, oh, I need someone underneath me to manage that will do that. So you guys got to dig in, do that. How did you get through that though? How did you start growing in after that? You know, the process for our leasing was we were going, showing the rooms in person. So I had like these Craigslist folks running around town doing that. And the tenants liked it because they got an in-person tour. Someone talked about the company, but it just was terribly inefficient and super expensive for, for that stage of the company. So when we had to cut and it was just me on a computer in my basement, in one of the, in one of the roommate houses, I, I realized like I, we should probably be doing remote leasing because I can't drive around the entire city. Like I'm going to lose my mind. And so I started to, we deployed smart locks to all the houses and we started to do, we did video tours of all the properties that became Matterports. And so then we started to do all of our leasing online. So do you guys still use Matterport today for that? We do. Okay, cool. So we were at the kind of the, the change and like the, it was, you know, it was really sad. I mean, like, cause it went from like, we were having parties with the roommates with all these people that were employees to just like me in a basement and one other guy who was doing maintenance. So you went from all this social interaction to I'm in my basement on my own doing the grind. I have no social interaction and a totally wow. different life for you. Totally different life. It was, I was like a King. And then I was just like, you know, just this dude in a basement, like trying to, not burn all his retirement money. So, but that forced me to like, look at the unit economics of how we were doing things. And so before COVID hit, and this is why we survived in 2020. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about that piece. We had sort of deployed things, not because we were necessarily like super brilliant, but mostly just like out of necessity. We had, I had no way of driving from North Kansas city to Olathe. It's like a, it's like an hour between those two. And uh, also doing the back office stuff. So it's just like, we're going to do fully remote leasing via video. People will sign the lease. The roommates will give tours. So we streamlined the operation, the unique economics of the business, like 20X versus what we were doing previously because there was only one person and I couldn't actually physically do it. I'm guessing the roommates actually like to give the tours so that they can get to know whoever's going to be moving in. I would want to do that if I was a roommate. Is yeah. That's probably been a good change, right? It has. At first, the roommates did not like it. They're like, you're basically making us do work. But it, but then when I, what we found is like, once new roommates come in and it's in the agreement, they know they have to do it. It just becomes the expectation. So yeah. I learned a lot about resetting expectation with your customers, redoing processes. And if if someone comes in knowing that that's part of their customer responsibility, then usually they're fine with it. It's the big, it's changing existing behavior. That's really difficult. Yeah. Okay. So you've gone from that. You made it through 2020. How many homes do you guys have today? 
We have about 200. Okay. So you've gone from 20 back then to 200 today. Congratulations. So you guys have 200 homes and how many rooms does that equate to? About 1,200. So the average is six. All right. So the last question I wanted to ask about that is how many different states are you guys in? We are in seven states. Okay. Okay. Is your goal to be across the entire country, every state? Yeah, we've identified a thousand cities roughly. I mean, like I say a thousand because like sounds great, but it's a little bit over a thousand that we see enough migration in and out of the city. That's one of the key indicators to need for rooms, as well as kind of some other economic indicators that can support roommate housing. Now, maybe not, it's going to vary by metro and by pricing, but we want to be nationwide and yeah. eventually go international. Okay, great. Yeah. So let's talk about your process then. So you guys are doing a lot of stuff, right? You're buying homes, you have a fund. So let's just start. And then you're also doing all of the roommate finding and property management. So it's a pretty wide spectrum of stuff you guys do. So I'm guessing your employees, like you've got a pretty broad spectrum of people from being on the funding side to being over here on finding a roommate. And, and managing the property, making sure whatever needs to happen, happens. So that's a yeah. pretty broad spectrum. Yeah. And we do software development. So it's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a crazy company. We have, we're, we're probably like, we have one of our VPs is, you know, a former construction manager of a thousand, you know, he's done thousands of homes. So it's, just, we're like an interest, it's just a eclectic group. We've got people that are from apartment leasing. We've got people that were from construction teams. We have software to people that have developed software at like VC backed startups, data yep. scientists from Facebook. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty wide range. So let's talk about your software platform first. Obviously that's how you attract people, both the investor side and the roommate side, I'm guessing. So definitely, let's talk about the size. How many developers do you guys have? We currently have uh, just one pot of developers. We have four developers. We have an engineering manager, CTO, QA person, and a product person. Okay. It's a pretty meager team at this stage, but we're a seed stage company, so we're trying to be prudent with our with our capital. Well, a lot of times I've found it's easier to get things done quickly when you have a smaller dev team. So anyway, so that's great. So what is your focus as far as technology? Like what sets you guys apart? Do you guys even have competitors in this space? I know you have people like my nephew, but do you have competitors in this space? Yeah, there's a few competitors. There is a competitor out of Atlanta that does, I would say they're just, we're generally like, you can see the one of our houses behind me. It's pretty nice. It's like a B, I'd say like a B class roommate experience, if that's a category that just kind of created just now. But uh, they're more C class, I would say. The credit, their income and credit score is a bit lower, but they also have a bit higher yields, just like you know single family homes and the and kind of the um, C class neighborhoods. And then there's another competitor out of the Bay Area that's a bit higher end. So we're kind of right in the middle. We think that we're in the sweet spot, which is exciting. And what we try to do with our technology is, is really to enable roommates to like digitally shop for rooms and select the right room for them and apply quickly and get a response super quickly. So it's really about fine tuning the leasing flywheel. And then we have a number of like, just to clarify on that. So the roommates are going online, they're putting in their, you know, the city they're putting in, do they want a single room? And obviously in there, they're basically saying, these are the homes that come up. These are my different options as far as rooms, almost like going to Airbnb, but me trying to find a room that I want to live in. Yeah. Yep. And then I'm hitting, very, very similar. And then I'm hitting submit and the roommates are getting that. Is that how that works? 
we'll screen them with background credit and eviction history first before they get okay. to the roommates. But but them talking to the roommates is one of the steps. Yes. Okay. But okay. so the first, but yes, yeah, so you'll go in. You can kind of zoom in. Just like it's very similar to Airbnb. Uh, we did not copy them. No, we kind of did a little bit. Um, why but, why but, not? Right? You've been on, everyone's been on the Airbnb site. You might as well do something they're used to. And I've been on I've been yeah. on your site yeah. and been through that experience a little bit. So. Yeah. And you can do the virtual tour and see the house and how it's laid out. And then you can apply really quickly. We're actually even, we have a new V2 coming out where the roommate application process is even more fine-tuned. So it should be something that you can apply in like three minutes on your phone. You can get a response within an hour. And so that's kind of, if you got accepted or denied, then we go to the next step, which is meeting the roommates and sign a lease digitally. And then you get your key code to move in. So we're able to do this in seven cities with a relatively small team working fully remote. So it sounds pretty simple. This process sounds simple, but is it, right? I mean, I think of my sales team and we have an SDR team that takes these inbound leads and schedules appointments. And then from there, an AE takes that over and you know they'll work with that customer client to get them to move forward with us. And then our success team takes them over. And, you know, there's all these steps with, with you here. Like it, it would seem like if I think about Airbnb, which I have homes on Airbnb. So, you know, somebody just comes in and they, they do their stuff. I don't have to do any marketing. It's just on Airbnb here. What kind of marketing do you guys do? Because I'm sure, I mean, homeroom's a new name for a lot of people. So what do you guys do to drive people to that site? If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. We use all the same stuff that a property manager would use as a baseline, which is like the syndicated sites. We're on all of them and we have all of our you know rooms listed there. Then we also do Facebook ads on occasion. We're on Facebook Marketplace, Facebook roommate groups. There's a bunch of roommate matching apps that we're on. And so we have a bunch of accounts or admin accounts around there. There's some actually roommate housing sites that have kind of become that are trying to become like the bookings.com essentially that we utilize. So it's, there's a number of things that we're doing all the time. Oh, Craigslist, of course. And yeah. uh, which is like the OG. So we're on there. So we're on everything and we're you know doing our best to hack each of those systems to maximize the number of leads that are kind of like we're pushing onto the website on the tenant side. We don't have like the junior and senior sales exec. We just have a leasing consultant. They just close. It's a it's a pretty quick sale. We do have a customer success member that onboards the tenants and provides them that stuff. So it's because it's like a, not a, you know, it's not an enterprise level sale. It's a bit, I guess, a more pared down version of that sales process. Okay. So it sounds like six of your employees are focused on the, the development side or technology side of the business. How many employees do you guys have now? 45. Okay. So it's yeah. bigger than I thought. So the rest of these employees are are focused on, okay, we're, we have 200 homes in seven states to manage and make sure that people are in every room and, you know, doing what they need to be doing. So let's talk about what other challenges you guys have faced. I know 2020 was not your, your only other challenge. So I think it's important on this podcast. I really like to hear the challenges because I think it's, it takes a unique individual to really go through this many challenges and keep moving forward. And if I'll everything was easy, everyone would go, right? And the thing is, it takes you a unique personality to go through and do this. Otherwise, everyone would do it, right? So 
has this market that we're in right now affected your business at all? Yeah, it's been a big challenge really because you know, one of the other sides of the business is the sales to investors, right? We're going to, it's a turnkey company essentially for real estate investors who want higher yield. And with interest rates up, prices skyrocket, prices doing crazy stuff all over the place. Selling real estate has become harder. It's like, it's an asset class that's focused on, that's really about stability. It's like, hasn't been all that stable the last, I don't know, 18 months. We feel like it's getting there, right? We're seeing interest come down. We're seeing prices kind of level out a little bit. So we're feeling we just need a normal real estate environment, more or less, to be to have a really great product. But when things are going all over the place, it's hard. And so a lot of our revenue is derived from selling those properties. And so we've had to do you know a few layoffs. Um, we've had to tighten our belt quite a bit over the last nine months. It's been hard, right? It's a company that you know after 2020 we just we were, we were having a nice string of victories. We just had W's for a while. And I think I got a little complacent because we were having, we were just like really on a nice streak. I was like, we're, we're doing great. I mm-hmm. took my, and I kind of took my eye a little bit off the ball on some of the pieces that were scaling to the next level that needed a different level of oversight that we previously had. Yeah. And so as, so that was happening as the market was crumbling. And so we ended up having to make some really big changes on how we do leasing, screening, collections, maintenance, all these things that like probably could have been a little bit better, but we grew 5X in one year. And so things started to kind of, the processes we had in place that were really good started to burst at the seams because we weren't able to scale them at that speed, right? So we went, because we went from like 75 homes to 200 in like 12 months. And that, or no, that wasn't, it was, maybe it's like 30 to 200. Yeah, that was something like that. And so it was in 15 months. So that was a, that was an interesting experience. And like, all of us felt like failures for like, you know, we felt like failures for three months until we like finally were able to turn things around. I think it's the hard times that make you sharpen, you know, your skill set, just improve the processes. And that's what makes you come out stronger. So if you never had the hard times, your company wouldn't be nearly as strong and built for the long term. So that's my opinion. That's my experience in the many businesses I've started. So you talked about layoffs. How many people did you have to lay off? And I ask you this because when I was in my 20s, I had a company that had about 200 employees, technology company, and I had to lay off 100 people in a day. And that was one of the hardest days of my life. And it's actually taught me to not overhire and to more bootstrap companies. And I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not, but that's my philosophy after that experience. So tell me what that was like for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I think the initial firing in 2019 of the team, because at that point, we had a lot, 12 people and we were in living rooms together and we were going to event, we had community events together and we were, we were like building this thing. We we're all very excited about it. And I, they all reported directly to me. So, and I had to lay off 90% or right. I was down to one. Right. Um, and so that was, that was definitely the, the root that was so painful. And this layoff we why, laid off. Why did you, why did you keep going? Like at that point, why not just stop? Maybe I should have. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, no, I, I really uh, want to know. I, like, what, why? Yeah. What was it inside of you that like kept the drive alive? Obviously, you believed in something. I think if you don't have a why behind what you're doing, if there's not a real purpose and something you're trying to achieve, you're probably going to give up. 
Yeah, I think, you know, one of the motivations is sort of just a, I think I have a need to do something significant. I just felt like, you know, my life had been good, right? But I had a really good life, but I wanted to do something that like impacted the world. Something larger than yourself. Yeah, something larger than myself. And like, now we've housed thousands of people. And so I feel like at this point, like, have we reached our potential? No, but have I done that? Yeah, I mean, people are paying half the price of rent of an apartment and they're living really well with Humrum. So I'm really proud of that. But that was a drive. I just, I needed to do something more than be like a, fi- a VP of finance at like a Silicon Valley company, which is, you know, lucrative. You get great benefits, all that stuff, but it just didn't feel like it was enough for me. Mm-hmm. And the other piece was I lived in roommate housing in the Bay Area and like found roommates on Craigslist. And like we had always worked out pretty well. But then I moved to Austin and I to find roommates again without a social circle just. It was painful. And I, I found a great roommate. We're still friends. And and then I found other great roommates. But it just seemed like, is this really the best option here? Like for shared housing? Because, you know, the number of people that are living with roommates has gone up, has more than doubled on a percentage basis. And it's quadrupled on a total basis in people's 20s over the last like 30 years. And so there's all these people just like emailing each other on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, which just seems... It's real janky. There's no background checks. I had a few dicey experiences and it just seemed like the market was big enough and needed enough to have something that was more elegant than I think it's probably the same feeling you had when you're in a taxi cab or the guys in Uber had in a taxi cab. Like, is this the best option? Because <laughs> it, it, this cab is, you know, I'm not enjoying this, but yeah. everyone needs rides. Right. And so I felt the same way about roommate situations. Like, can someone put technology over the top of this and make this better? And no one was. So I was like, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> so so that being good. said, I know you guys have seven steps to finding a homeroom. Can you walk us through those steps? Absolutely. So in terms of the tenant side or the investor side? Yeah, let's first hit the tenant side and then the investor side. Because you were talking about you as a tenant, like how yeah. how do you find roommates, right? So let's talk about yeah. yeah, so you'll come in, you'll talk to us. So the first step is usually we'll find you on the internet or you'll find our website and you'll put in your information, submit it, and we will reach out to you within usually five to 10 minutes, sometimes one minute via text and say, hey, how are you doing? We're homeroom. We're happy to help you out here. These are the criteria for living in a homeroom. We have a clean background and eviction as well as credit above 560. Above 640, you'd be a preferred tenant and you have to apply extra deposit. So that's how it's basically starts with the first a screening. Uh, then we give you an application where we'd actually run it to verify those pieces of information. Once that's complete, we would do a quick video call with you and they would connect you on a video call with the current roommates of the house. And the current roommates, it's more of a meet and greet than like interview. Like we don't, from a fair housing standpoint, the roommates have some veto power, but it has to be for reasons of safety or anything or something like that. Like if we miss something that was safety that, that the roommates see that that the background and our video screen didn't see, then we'll listen to that and potentially tell the person they can't move in. And then once they've done that, they'll pay and we'll give them the, the access to the homeroom resident app. We have an, a phone app in the, ICE, the app store and in Google Play, and they can go in and pay their deposit as well as sign their lease. And then they'll get a key code that will activate the first day of their lease and they can move in. And that's it. From there, you know, it's it's pretty, they all have access to our support team via text. We do cleans internally and we do extra yard care. We do community events. So it's a pretty cool environment. 
to live in. And our goal is to remove all the negative aspects of roommate living so that people can just really enjoy living with other people, which I've always really enjoyed as well. And so it's like the things that always like annoyed me, which is like the dishes or no one's cleaning the, you know, the bathroom. Uh, Our goal is to really solve those so that like the tension can be minimized in in our houses. That, that definitely, I think back to my college days, that definitely creates tension. So how often do you guys do that? How often do you have someone come in and clean and do the artwork and all that kind of stuff? The cleaning is once a month, although we actually have our, and this is, this is something for the investors, but also just for the sanity of everybody in the house. The maids actually will score the house for cleanliness. And if you get a failing grade or a, a D or F, we will send the maids again and build the house. So it's like, you have to keep your house a certain level of cleanliness. It's not like crazy clean, but it's like, if you're not cleaning at all, then you will be paying more. And so we try to use carrot and stick. You know, we prefer that you just clean up after yourself, but if you don't, then the maids will come more and more frequently until it's reached the level of a cleanliness that we need it to be. So it could, uh, be, it could be, you would have them go once a week and these guys, you're yeah. going to have to build the roommates for it because they're not taking care of it. Yeah. I mean, if that's still too bad, we've never upped it more than once a week, but if that's still too bad, we'll go more. Like, it's like the goal is to, you, you kind of like create it, help us create a good ecosystem for everyone to live in, or you will gradually have to pay more and more and more. And maybe it'll push you out of the community. Right. Yeah. So we want good citizens and we have multiple ways of like ensuring that people are. Okay. So let's move over to the investor side. If I'm looking to invest in real estate, what can you guys do for me? Yeah. Investing, you know, so we like to say you're going to make 30 to 50% more rent in the same exact house. So we have, we have a number, we have a few that have gotten 80% more rent where it's this home would rent. You know, if you look at the comps would run for 1750, you bring it over to homeroom, follow our kind of protocol. And, you know, the total rent is 2855 or something like that. Um, Not only is it more, but it's a bit more stable because, you have multiple tenants paying on different lease lengths. So if someone leaves, you still get, you know, five, six of the rent in that month. So there's not that one of the things that, you know, I had one month when I was, I had my properties in Midland and a family just left mid lease. They didn't do any cleaning. It was like seven grand. I was like a junior financial analyst and I didn't get rent for two months because I had to do all this work. And I was like, Oh, and it was like, it was very tough. I had to borrow money from my parents. So this type of investment, you, that's not how it goes, right? You have one person leave. We're always in there every month reviewing it. And you just kind of, we just clean the room and the tenants are supposed to do that. And then we get it rented again really, really quickly. So you don't have those big divots. Yeah. And so to get a home, you come to us, you'll talk to our investments team. They'll talk to you about markets. We're in seven markets. It enables us to not be as biased, right? Because we can say we you, we have a lot of options here. Which is your preferred type of return? Do you want like a yield market like Indianapolis? Do you want an appreciation market like Austin? And it's really up to you, right? We, we're very we don't we are not really biased, right? We we just here to help you find the right fit, mm-hmm. and then we'll begin our underwriting team will source deals for you using our data models. And there's technology on that side as well, where we're underwriting. We have a huge data set of millions of room rentals that forecast room rent rates for these properties. So you're sharing um, that with the investors as they're looking at what they want to do. Exactly. And that's driving kind of the returns forecast. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll connect them to an, a real estate agent. Once they see a home they like, make an offer, purchase, 
And our construction team will manage setting up the home. And sometimes that will mean adding bedrooms. It'll always mean furnishing it. Then we'll do a Matterport. And then we'll send that Matterport to the owner and say, hey, your home's ready to go. We will have started pre-leasing it before the home has launched to see if we can get some tenants to move in on the first day. And then we'll take it from there. And it's just property management. You get your distribution every month. We're here to answer questions. So that's how that works. And the goal is to get, you know, six to 13% cash yield and try to get an ROI in 20, 20 to 30 range on these properties. So great. Well, if you want all the top teams in real estate to work with, we have those on our platform. So let me know if you want us to introduce you to some of those across the country. I'll probably follow up on that because we, okay. we're, we're about to start an affiliate program and that that might be a great fit for that. Yeah. So we have 3,500 teams across the country that could definitely provide you guys with top service. So, all right. So the one thing we didn't talk about was the fund side. You guys also have a fund. Let's talk about that really quick, just so that everyone understands what you guys are offering full scale. Yeah, it's called the Co-Living Fund and is a 70, accredited only 75,000 minimum investment. We just launched it last May and we we oversubscribed it, which was exciting. So we're probably going to expand the offering, uh, the pool, and do another raise on that fund, fund one. And fund two, which we have planned in the next six to 12 months, we're hoping to make it more open to all investors. So that's something we're looking to do. It It's a five to seven year kind of like payback period with like solid yields in the five to 10% range. So that's kind of what that fund offers. Okay. Great. Well, congratulations on your success. Being an entrepreneur, I know how challenging it can be sometimes. So you have a big vision to be national and international, and I wish you the best of luck in getting there and really appreciate you coming on the show today, Johnny. Is there any, I guess my last question for you would be like, what advice would you have for people starting a business or even growing a real estate business? Like what, what's like the most important thing from your experience that you would say, Make sure and do this. Yeah. One of the things that I would say is differentiate yourself as much as you can, right? And that could be in marketing or branding, or that could be in the service offering. The more creativity you can apply to your business, I think it will add additional, like your effort times your creativity, I think is where you get your results in your kind of personal ROI. And I think it's with real estate agents, we work with a few really great ones but the ones that I see have success have that kind of not only determination, but also have that spark where they're trying to do things better and different constantly. And if you keep iterating, you'll find a sweet spot. I think as um, Amazon does like a thousand products a year and then like they sunset like most of them and then three will stick around, you know, and become like key features that will make Amazon evolve yeah. into the next phase. And so I think that iteration, that creativity is just super important. So you have to be excited about what you do enough to be iterating a lot. Yeah, it's great advice. Your website is livehomeroom.com, correct? Yes. So uh, again, guys, if you have any questions, you want to learn more about this, go to livehomeroom.com. Johnny, thanks for being on the show today. And to all of our listeners, this wraps up another episode of the Grit Podcast. And we will see you guys all again next week. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. 
If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search Grit, the real estate growth mindset, iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.